Welcome back to Bob Talk with Talia Little. So before we begin today, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of which I'm recording on, uh, the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation, and I would love to pay my respects to all elders past and present um, and all young people that we both work with. Um, yeah. I'm recording from Eora land, actually. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so whereabouts are you based in Sydney, Adam? So I'm based uh, mainly around Red, the Redfern area. I, I live just mm-hmm. outside of there now, but all like the work I do with the not-for-profit I work for and just where we just spend a lot of time is in Redfern, which if you don't know Sydney, it's like the first suburb outside of like Central Station. And it's and it's probably one of the most well-known Indigenous areas in Sydney, actually easily the most well-known Indigenous areas in Sydney. I don't know if um, where our office is there. Um, and if you've heard of the area called The Block, that's that's where The Block is. It's in, in Redfern. So it's it's pretty well-known. Yeah, yeah. So today on the podcast, Mob Talk, we have Adam from Heaps Decent on the podcast, fellow ally. And basically, Heaps Decent is an Australian organization that works on empowering um, a, div- a bunch of diverse young people to express their creati- creativity through music and multimedia. So, welcome, Adam. Hey. That was read really well. I, I, yeah. when, I have to, when I have to read that out, I, get, I give it at least six goes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, how do I best describe heaps, heaps decent? Funny thing is, is I actually, when I came across you guys on Instagram, I don't know why, but my brain was registering heaps descent. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this really cool place, heaps descent. And I was like, that's so lame. It's actually heaps decent. <laughs> so what have you been up like, to? Oh, well, this week I've been actually we've been canceled for work for heaps of days. We've been canceling trips and workshops actually for the last, last few days, but it's school holidays now. So, um, we don't do a lot during school, school holidays. So kind of have a actually break. having a bit of a break and now we're in, we're now locked down. We've canceled two trips and no workshops for the next week. So yeah, not, not doing a whole. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny how if you've planned all these things, but nothing's really certain in this day and age with all like with Corona and everything going on. And we were so lucky here that, like in New South Wales, I'm New South Wales, um, that like it did seem normal for so long. And we were planning trips and like I think I'd even done a couple of trips in the last three or four months, which I can imagine that would be a wild idea for people from Victoria, you know. Wild. So really normal, yeah. really normal here, like to the point where we're like, okay, let's, let's, let's go out to community, like let's go far, like it's, it's that time now. But, yeah. Yeah, no, I've had heaps of friends that have um, – literally gotten to a different state and then found out that they have to come home in that seven hours of traveling. Like it's crazy. And I've had mates who have had, I think, Oh, I have a friend who's going to Darwin today that has had three trips canceled on her Yeah, well, from being from Melbourne. So it's just, it's so just uncertain. Yeah. So to give a bit of background, what is heaps decent? Like, how did yep. you guys begin? How did it start? Can you give the audience just a bit of a rundown? Yep. And don't let me talk too long about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, two, uh, really good friends of mine, uh, Andrew Levins and Nina Agzarian or Nina Las Vegas, if you used to listen to triple J a lot, uh, mm-hmm. a few years ago, um, we all used to just DJ in Sydney every night and we all kind of knew each other through DJing and, um, at that time, Nina and Andrew, I'm just going to call him Levens because that's what everyone calls him. Uh, like we all knew each other through DJing and they were touring artists and they were actually touring a young, well, he wasn't that young, a young Diplo. And uh, Diplo wanted to work with some Indigenous students. So uh, at the time, Nina's mother actually, this is a bit unfortunate, but Nina's mother worked as a principal at a juvenile justice centre. So they, which is, which sucks that there was a lot of Indigenous kids in there, but they took Diplo to the, in, um, it's in Wagga Wagga in yeah, South Wales, yeah. but that's actually probably closer to Melbourne than it is to Sydney. <laughs> um, and they took Diplo down there to do some workshops and afterwards they thought, oh, wow, this is cool. We should um, keep doing this. So Diplo donated some gear and I learned how to use that gear because I was a bit more, I guess, music production uh, inclined than they, those guys were. And that was about, oh, I actually got a reminder how long ago that was today. So that was um, 14 years ago. Wow, so, 14 years. Yeah, I know. It's it's like, it's 
cool, but it's also like, am I old? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's super cool. That's 14 years. Uh, so they like we started small just around Sydney. Um, then we got some help from uh, Fuzzy, which is a touring group. They gave us a, you know, they put on field day and a bunch of other festivals. Uh, and they gave us a staff member one day a week and then it stepped up and it kept growing from there. It moved like at the, at the beginning, it started off as just like a really cool thing to do with our time. Like we're all volunteers for a couple of years, but then we're like, well, let's make this more of a legit thing. It's going great. We, we got people to write grants. We got some money. So, you know, staff could actually commit to workshops and, and not have to worry about like, you know, paying rent. And geez, there's a lot to fill in between 14 years, but, um, yeah, now I'll just, I'll jump a lot of it. Now what we do is everything from a lot of travel, especially around New South Wales, but we have been to Northern Territory a few times. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I can't think of what part of this state we haven't been to, even though there's a lot of it. Uh, mm -hmm. We do weekly workshops in juvenile justice centers, uh, behavioral schools, community centers, uh, a few uh, youth off the streets places, um, uh, ev everywhere and anywhere really that will let it let, that will have us. And yeah, that's about it. We've also do, oh, I should say what we do, actually, we make music. <laughs> um, yeah, well, so, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that gives a good idea. Everyone knows yeah, how you well. start, but what do you actually do? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what it started was with, uh, was with making music and just DJing. Cause we were DJs back then. So I made a little bit of music, but um, we were DJs back then, but then it grew to making music and then it grew just to uh, all different types of art. So we'll, we'd still do a lot of the music, like, my, I myself, I'll grab my laptop and a microphone and like uh, some drum pads and I'll just turn up and go, let's make a song. Um, but some, one, sometimes I teach guitar. Sometimes, you know, we talk about how to make money off Spotify, sometimes, pretty much anything that falls under the, the banner of um, music and the arts, uh, I, mm -hmm. I would do with people. 90% of the time it's making drill songs. But I'm sure that- <laughs> is, that like, is that like a new, cause like, I know, oh. I feel like the drill scene has kind of, um, I don't know, overtaking music at the moment. Oh, like I'll it's, it's you, huge. I'll, I'll tell you all about it. Um, in a second, I, but I was going to say, we also do have, do like, uh, art things as well. So we do painting. We have a couple of, a Melbourne <laughs> artist called Ego has worked with us for a long time. Mm -hmm. He does lots of AR and VR. Uh, it's nice because we get to fly up from Melbourne and we get to hang out. Um, so yeah, now it's just kind of become a, an arts organization but like I predominantly just make songs. I will go to a juvie or a, sorry, a juvenile justice center um, or a center and we'll have like, we'll have 45 minutes and we're like, all right. And we'll just like, we used to take us three days to make two songs and now we do a, a song in about an hour. Um, it's wow. become a well-oiled well machine and we just like, yeah, we'll just go somewhere and make a song like that. And, and most of it is recording rapping, but not always. Like some people want to do spoken words. Some people want to do country, especially if you go out, if you go out to the West, um, it can, it can, some guys want to do hard style. Uh, it, really? It, yeah. What you, how do you, how would you even do hard style? Cause isn't that well, more of like an electronic? Yeah. Well, we just like, like I said, we will make whatever you want. Like, like if you, you kind of help facilitate that with, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I, I'll just pick things and go, do you like that? Do you like that? What do you think should go up here? Maybe you try and do that. Blah, 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 blah. Do you want to put something really silly? Like your bass drop or no, there's something better than that. But um, <laughs> in, in a song, um, cause you know, Western city culture and then you've got the hooligan hefts kind of culture and stuff like that. So it, yeah. it does after rap, it does come up um, a fair bit. Do you feel like the young kids that you work with are quite receptive to wanting to engage in this kind of stuff? I, I, when I go there, I think, oh, well, I, I know better now because it's been a long time, but when I go there, I think, oh, you know, only two or three guys got involved and the teachers come out, will come up to us and go, oh, sorry, sounds like I'm giving us a pat on the back, but he hasn't done a single thing for a whole year. That's the first bit of work he's done. Mm -hmm. So wow. I, I don't fully realize that I also too, like, you know, it's going on like 12, 14, I've been at heaps season for 13 years now. Um, I, I always I always just made the assumption that, you know, what I thought was cool when I, that long ago, like rap music or whatever music, like dance music, whatever music you're into. And I thought, you know, kids will grow out of it, blah, 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 blah. Like they'll, they'll something else will be cool in five years. And that has absolutely not happened or changed. It yeah. still seems like there's as much interest for the majority of people we work with in music than there ever has been. And it is super rare to find someone that is not interested in music in some way. 
I guess that's why music is so powerful. Like it connects us all in different ways and different aspects. And it's kind of, you know, when you're feeling in a certain mood, you put on your favorite song or your worst mm. song that you want to cry to or a drill song that you want to lift weights to or just hang out with your mates and feel like you're super cool. Like seriously, it's something like, that connects us. Yeah. Like as look, there's not a video as, as, as a, as a white dude, I, <laughs> I, I now have met so many different people and been to so many different places. Like you go from, you know, just hanging out in your suburb and not knowing anyone, but because of music now, I know people of all races and all cultures. And I've Mm -hmm. seen parts of New South Wales that like probably get thousands of visitors a year. And I'll a hundred percent attribute that to music, like a hundred percent. Do you feel like, most of the kids, I know we kind of spoke briefly on the phone before the, like before the podcast, mm. but do you feel like, cause I personally, I'm a youth worker. I work with young people and I see that there needs to be more push for music, for young people to be connected into the music industry as such, like programs like Heath Decent and whatnot to kind of um, drill out the thoughts and things that are going on at home because kids don't really generally want to see a psychologist. Kids don't want to really talk about their problems or things going on at home. They want to distract themselves. So throwing some, throwing themselves into something like music or art is super powerful. Like, like, I, I guess like, I, I, I don't sorry about your listener base. Like, I, like, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. Like the fact that like, like I've had people like kids that I've met twice, like but they don't do anything. Come up to me with two pages written about, their father and their relationship. Like the, wow. these are kids that can't be in school because they can't like they, they, people think that these guys don't do anything or can't do anything or, you know, they're like, Oh, they have learning difficulties or they, they're not capable of anything. And then you, then you'll come into a class and they'll have pages sometimes written about things that have happened in their life. Like it, it, it's just, it's so plain it's as powerful. day. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's also too, like getting people involved, like in one of the juvenile justice centers we go to, we work within the school program. And then one we work as like just programs after school, you know what I mean? But the <laughs> one, like the teachers have even used the music program as a bargaining chip to get the kids to come to school. Like yeah, I, I, I do one behavioral school in the Southern Southwestern, like a behavioral school, which is kind of like the last stop school. You know, if you, if you don't, if, yeah. If you can't stay here, then, then, um, it's, doesn't look great. Um, and e- even the same thing there, like they get me to come because it makes the kids turn up and then the kids being in class, they learn how, like, it's so funny. I have a joke with one of the kids, I, like he's not very good at rapping. So I call him DJ Khaled and I say, you're the manager. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know, the Spotify rates are this and you, Oh, no way. So you can make, and he comes back to me. He's like, so you can make this much money. And I just like, you did math. Yeah, <laughs> you just did. I that. engaged you in a different way. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So I like oh like to talk to talk about things. Also to just to give people a voice who haven't had one before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you're listening, if I'm in a workshop and I I'm asking someone questions just to get ideas for what we can write a rap about. It's like I don't think anyone's ever asked half of these kids any of even a question before about their lives. Like often. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're talking about themselves and they're talking about their lives and then, and then they're recording it, which is another level of powerful, you know, because it kind of exists somewhere. And um, like, it's, it's like, and it's giving them those tools. (laughs) Yeah. It's giving them those tools to kind of go out and project what's going on inside on the outside. And I guess when you grow up in the care system or the juvenile system, you have all these people telling you what to do, telling you what your life's going to look like. So you giving them that voice to be able to be like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling or this is what's going on. That's really powerful. Isn't that what we're all like learning? We're supposed to be able to talk about how we're feeling and, and what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, but I still just don't know how, and this is, could be a question for you. I'm going to fire the questions back. <laughs> Go for like, it. I'm um, here. Like how I, I, I'm talking to you right now, obviously like just saying this is the best thing ever, but, but like my, and like, to show other people the value of it. I, I just don't know how to do it. Like my, my wife understands because she's my wife and she sees me all the time, but it's really hard to get people to see the value in it. 
And I don't, I still don't know how, how to do that. And when I say people, I just mean, it's just a general comment about, you know, people at working at the schools or I don't know other youth workers, maybe you work with, like, how do you get people to see the value of this and not just go, Oh, it's mm-hmm. dumb rap music. Like. I think part of that, just relating to, for example, Kobe D, who's someone that you used to work with, who uh, grew up up in your programs and whatnot. When I did a podcast with Kobe, putting a young person, so Kobe's what, like 23 or something, putting a young person out there who's addressing the issues that these young people are going through on a platform where other young people can relate to that and then seeing how Kobe's gone from this life literally he's with the song he's this yeah. life going from that to then owning his shit not drinking by like battling addiction stuff like that and kind of having that on a successful platform is starting to lead the way in yeah. how we kind of prove to people and vocalize how important engaging young people in programs like yours for like kobe for example if you know if he didn't have youth programs or programs that assisted his music and art would he be where he is today? Yeah, you, you, I guess you. You just don't know. No, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe people like him will like because, like, I went to he had the block this block party party in um yeah like it was just a, a, a it was like what like I think there's a lot of people there. I think just having hopefully having his community out in the middle of those out in a footy oval, mm-hmm. having a good time and people go, Oh, wow, this is actually fine. This is actually fun. These guys are cool. Like there's, yeah. So maybe that hopefully the fact that he's taking it so big and then taking it, it's still quite in the community, but Mm -hmm. when I say in the community, I mean like kind of the area he lives and stuff. Yeah. 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 But then, you know, all kinds of people live where he lives now and they say, Oh, wow. Like all these young kids aren't trouble. Like, you know, they're just young kids. They're literally just just young kids. Yeah. (laughs) They just need someone to listen to them for a bit. Like, yeah, that, that's what it's like. And I mean, how do we get the, I just look at when I went to high school and the program that was there, right? You learned nothing about how to actually live your life. It was more just like just the basics of maths, English, this, 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 and this. If they worked into schools, more programs to facilitate kids in things that they're good at and giving them a voice, I believe that that's a way of prevention, prevention of the justice system, prevention of mental health and whatnot to kind of keep those kids on track and utilize things that are going to make them excel in life. Mm. And it seems to maybe to you and me, it seems so simple getting. It seems so simple. Yeah. Like things that people are young people are interested in. Is it, is it that yeah. bad to like engage people in things that they're interested in? Like, Yeah. And then you see them excel terrible. rather than yeah. not, not everyone wants to become a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. And that's what makes, well, I think that's what makes the art arts industry so great is because the diversity of people there and the stories that they can tell through different platforms, whether it actually is art, painting, drawing, fashion, mm. design, music, like it's amazing. And I mean, through Corona, through Corona, um, through the whole pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, literally the pandemic still going. I mean, there's just not enough money being put into those avenues either like musicians, artists and whatnot. They're kind of, we're left on the back burner as if it isn't as important as other things, but really music and art is what keeps us afloat during these times. Mm. Oh, well, God, we could, we could do another whole podcast about that. Oh, I know. Now. I know. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm locked down now. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> going back from to the kind of beginning, did you guys base Heaps Decent or what you wanted to do or what Nina and who was the other person? Uh, Andrew Levins. Oh, Levins. Andrew Levins. We refer to him as Levins. Levins. Yeah, that's Nina Levins. name. That's, yeah. <laughs> did they kind of, were they going to start Heaps Decent or at the start of their uh, I guess thought processes around everything trying to work with first nations people, or was it just youth in general? Uh, look, I, I have to make an, an assumption here, but um, I'm going to look, I'm, I'm going to assume youth in general, but there's definitely a more present issue with first nations in the area that we live mm-hmm. because we live around Redfern and things like that. Like I think if you move to different areas of Sydney, well then you might see a different community with, with issues and different like, but where we were based, um, that's, that's the, 
assumption, but I think it's always just been about, and it's, it says it like it just anyone at risk or I don't know, at risk, anyone that I'm going to, I'm going to put more positive spin, anyone that doesn't get the opportunity that, that has a, has a go. But I think, yes, it was probably more based around first nations people. And it, at, at the moment we probably do the most work, I think, even though mm-hmm. we go to a whole bunch of different places, but still like, cause when we, when we travel outside of Sydney, that's, that's obviously going to be predominantly first nations people. Um, yeah. but when we go to, when we go to a juvenile justice center, like we go to one that's in, in Western Sydney. I don't know if anyone, if anyone knows New South Wales and they know Mount Druid, it's like next to Mount Druid, which is a real high island of population and a high everything population. It's very diverse out there. Um, you know, that's a pretty even mix. So I'm not sure if the intention was there, but it's definitely where we landed. Yeah, for sure. So do you run, what kind of run me through? So say if you guys get called out or your programs go into a juvenile justice center and you're working with a young group of boys, what is the first kind of thing you do to engage these boys or how does, what does that look like? If you were to explain to me that situation. So every, everything we do, we, we rarely get, um, we already get caught out and we, we get funding for certain programs where we go, Oh, you want to, this is something you're trying to address an issue. You're trying to just can we, can we suggest um, if we go to these places to do this? So we kind of like get the, we get a lot of it from Australia council. We get a little bit of donations. We do a bit of fundraising ourselves. And then we'll they're like, we have this money for regional. And we're like, Oh, how about we go here, 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 and here we have, we have, you know, people here, we know people here. So we kind of do it that way. Um, when I go in to a, place like let's um maybe if if this is user juvenile justice center um like i don't really look like most of the guys in there i probably do look more like like the guys in there than any of the staff do so instantly i think that's a bit of a win you know what i mean because we'll go in there and it's like well these guys don't look like teachers (laughs) so yeah um, that's what they want they want people to relate to though you know someone that comes in at their level yeah like look i'm not gonna wear mx 90s i know heaps people are wearing them at the moment I'm not doing it. I'd rather wear like, I don't know, something else, but I'm no, just kidding. Yeah. Um, I'd rather wear donks, <laughs> I'm not going to okay? walk That's... in in TNs and a big puffer jacket. Um, oh, that's adorable. Sorry. I just saw that. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll keep, uh, so yeah, I think from the moment we walk in, oh, I'll hold for a second. Um, I think your sound's still off. There we go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when, when we, when we go in, I think that's the first thing they see, they see us, uh, um, now look, now we've been going to so many juvenile justice centers for so long that like, it's likely they know us or they know of us, or they've heard one of the thousands of songs we've played. So that, that kind of helps mm-hmm. now because it's rare that we ever go into any of these centers and they haven't heard a song we've made or been told of us. Cause you know, you go to enough juvenile justice centers for enough years and you end up sadly meeting cousins or, or, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, so I'll, I'll go in and normally I'll just set up and that will be enough. Cause I'll, uh, for the, for the music uh, production people, I'll take in like uh, the native interest machine drum thing and they see like a drum pad and they see a microphone and they're like, and that'll be enough for them to go, Oh, what's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? And I'll kind of come check it out. And then I'll normally um, ask them questions because people, you know, people like to tell you what they like. Right. So I'll like ask yeah. them a lot of questions about what they're into, what they like, blah, 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 blah. And then I, this does not always next step does not always work. And then I'll try to impress them with our ability of making beats. Um, <laughs> sometimes I go, Oh, beat that's, that's crap, bro. And then sometimes I go, Oh dude, that's mad. And I'm like, okay. So I try and show them that. Cause I think with a lot of music programs, sadly, there's not the, the resources to do it. And you might get someone who, you know, has a day job, but fiddles around with, you know, a bit of music production. And I think yeah. they think that's going to happen because I think they've had that happen a long time, a lot of time. So we'll go in there. I'll play them some songs that we've already made or I'll tell us, tell them like, Oh, not that I've done many tracks with famous rappers, but I'll tell them, Oh, I just, this is a song that I was recording with KBD yesterday or something like that. And I go, what, what, what? And I'll kind of get them in that way. And normally Normally after playing in the stuff and going, look, we made this song in an hour. We'll make your song sound really good. It's not going to, they're not, they're going to sound epic. We'll send them to you when you get out and we can do this all in the class right now. Um, and then I'll just get started straight away. I'll be like, okay, listen to this sample. We'll start this beat. Let's go. What do you think about this? Oh, you don't have lyrics. Oh, okay. Well, 
you know, where are you? Do you like where you are? Do you think it's a cool thing? What, what got you in here? Blah, blah, blah. And just start that conversation. So that starts a lyric conversation. And then, and then they go, Oh, that's a rap. Yeah, that's a rap, man. That's, that's what you talk about in a rap. People talk about their problems, their issues, what they think, blah, 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 blah. You can talk, tell them I'm, I'm talking really fast now. Cause this is actually how fast it has to happen when we get there. And, and is then, actually, so how, what's the time frame that you guys are there just, from? It just depends. Like we do all stuff. Like we do stuff with little kids. Sometimes we do like mm-hmm. two hour classes and make songs about like pizza, which is pretty fun and animals. And then <laughs> the shortest sessions are sometimes in the, uh, like the shortest session I do, like I do one uh, youth off the street school, which is like only an hour, a bit over an hour. And then I go to, I do one 45 minute session in one juvie. So it just depends. And because that's you know, not long. No, it's, it's, we've really turned it into like, like a, a fine art, like, you know, like how to, how to make a song real quickly. And okay. Maybe some of them end up sounding very similar to the last one, have the same bass line and the same drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if you finish something in the class, like it's, it's, it's like, I'd rather finish a one minute 30 song with a, with an artist then go, Oh, that was cool. Wasn't that cool? That idea we started. Oh yeah. That's not finished, but you know, whatever. It's like giving it's following through and showing them that you're there to complete that and giving and them that accomplishment as well. Yeah. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Giving them that accomplishment. Like, like I finished this song and then I'll go tell your mom to write to me. I'll send it to her. And like, they, I'll just send them their, like their songs and they're like, their parents can hear what they, or their cousins can hear what they made. Um, so that's normally how it works with the young kids. It's a little bit different. We kind of just play with toys and stuff like that. And sometimes <laughs> what kind of young kids do you, yeah. What well, kind of young kids? Kindergarten class. Like when we travel, uh-huh. like, look, yeah, it's incredibly cute. And like, I find when we travel and we go further, further from Sydney, uh, people become more compassionate and lovely. So it's like, like kids would just come up to you, you know, Sydney, everyone's like all like freaked out about like the rules. Whereas you go like, 500 k's out of sydney kids will just come up to you and jump on your shoulders and hug you and it's awesome um, country kids so, i feel like that's like yeah it's it, it, at first i was a bit like a bit thrown by it but then i was like after i was like this is really lovely i like this um <laughs> uh, so if we go to a town that has like a, a preschool like a primary school a high school and a community center we'll just try and do all of them right so mm-hmm. you know, we go to the, with the little kids and then we'll do the older kids after lunch and then we'll do the the drop-in center like after that so then then we'll do like I think some of our best songs are about animals, to be honest. <laughs> I'm on mute. Um, can you give me a little <laughs> bit of a, can you sing me a song or something or a lyric that uh, gets thrown um, in those? Can I, can I, can I, I'm, I'm going to do it really relaxed and monotone, not to embarrass myself. This, <laughs> one that goes, this is a rhyme about dinner time when you're ready to, oh no, I forgot the word. When you hear the beat, we're ready to eat. Oh, <laughs> That's I an all time classic. The, yeah. kids would, the kids would go off to that. That would be a track. Oh, like we try and make it like the, the school's like, like a bell instead. They play one of the songs. It's really cute. as like the school bell instead of like having a bell. <laughs> Is there a time that you were at a juvie or a um, school or a situation you can remember that has kind of stood out to you, whether it's the young person, oh, the talent, the lyric? There's so many. And, um, after we talked the other day, I was thinking like, should I go through and like, and like, I think, try and think of the best ones. Cause I know I'll listen back to the podcast later and go, Oh man, I forgot to tell that really good story, but yeah. um, I'll try and think of a few right now. We were traveling to one town in, uh, like it's, it's probably about 900 Ks West of Sydney called, uh, Wool Kenya. And this is a bit of a different experience. It's not so much about a song, but like, so we've been going there for so long. I remember when I met some girls there and they were like, and it, more the girls, I think, cause the girls grow up, girls grow up quicker. Let's be honest. They become mature. Yeah. Than boys. Mature. Way, way more. Yeah. So we met girls there in kindergarten and then you go back there six, seven years later and they're like young adults. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow. Like, like people that would never cross paths ever in their lives, you know, have seen, like I've seen, we've seen these kids kind of not grow up because we only go there like four times a year, but yeah, you just like see how they've changed Progress, over time yeah. um, in a community that's so different to your own. And honestly, everyone grows up somewhat similar, but somewhat not. Yeah. That was one thing that I found really cool. Um, I once had this, um, this one detainee uh, who said, her 
brother was in another one, another center, which I worked in. And, um, he wrote a song about like, like pretty tough dude. He wrote a song about his mom. And then she's like, Oh, maybe I do like the same beat to my, to my brother. And then she wrote a song about the dad and they were two extremely different um, stories. And like the dad story, like everything you can imagine that could happen in a, in a household that's negative, like without, you know, it was all in this girl's song. Like it was like pages. It was three minutes of her rapping or two minutes and something of her rapping fast. And it was all very real. And it was all very negative. And I only met this girl one, one week earlier. And I don't even think she did the program a week earlier. So that was another really intense moment. Um, and very eye opening moment. And also for the staff at the center, they're like, Oh my God, what, what just she just do? And I was like, yeah, she just, she just laid it all out there. Um, how do you go? I guess I, I deal, I come across a lot of young people when, you know, they I'm privileged enough for them to tell me their story and whatnot. I guess when you're dealing with lots of young people in these centers, they would have extreme stories about family life, life experiences, everything. How do you kind of uh, deal with that? Do you find it hard to go back and process that or? Like I, I say this, uh, I'm speaking for all the people that worked at Heaps Decent, but I mm. think one thing about the staff that have always kind of worked at Heaps Decent, they've always been very, very driven with their own careers. And it seems like I'm going off on a tangent here, but I'll, br- mm-hmm. I'll bring it back around. No, no, no. Um, yeah. Uh, like I, I joke, I have a running joke that the best way to get rotation on triple J is to work for heaps decent. Um, cause like very people that are very focused on just making good music. And I think that's like one, it might seem a bit insensitive to say this, but when w- I think we're so, well, I'll speak just for myself now. I think I'm so focused on, we go in there so focused on getting a good, not getting a good, getting a good outcome is the best way to say it. But we're so focused on doing well or doing what we're doing. That it's that, like not processing it straight into your brain. Well, is that what you kind of, of mean? You're being, you're being, you're trying to, you, like you can't, it's the empathy thing's really hard because you're a totally different person and you've never been through any of this stuff, but you, you try, you, you kind of listen and you go, okay. And then you go, all right, but what do you want to do with this story? And then you start mm-hmm. working on the music. And I think that's how I kind of deal with it. Um, you hold the space I, I listen and the platform to it and for I, them to be able to. Well, I kind of, I don't want to say distract, but go, okay, I'm not, I don't want to, I, it's, I don't want to get caught up in, in this because I can't, I, the only way I can help this person is to do what I do. And that's, mm-hmm. and they want to do that too. So let's take your story and whatever part you feel comfortable about saying, let's just focus on that. And then that's then the focus for the rest of the class. Um, I, I think trying to process these stories and all that kind of stuff would just be too much for anyone. Right. Can you, you yeah. can you imagine you probably hear 20 times the, 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 the like uh, bad, like sad stories about people, you know, and you, it's hard mm. for one person to process one story. So it's just, I guess it's just being focused on what I'm there to do. Hundred percent, and I guess it's supporting these young people for as little or as long as the time you have to be like, "Hey, well, that is your story. How can we use that to your advantage?" And like, put it in a song, or you know, develop skills from what you've been through, and then use them in daily life. I guess that's kind of what I preach, and it's so powerful when you see someone that's gone through so much or has struggled and then pushes through and comes out the other side. Yeah. And just to like, and, and you kind of, but to think them being able to talk about this kind of stuff has helped a lot, regardless of it's in a song, even if we don't even back just to being like the heaps of season, even if we don't record a song, the fact that they just talked about it, you know, or, or even there, like or, they're participating, like yeah, it's huge. They're listening, they're engaging. So have you worked with many um, Aboriginal young people who talk language? only twice twice what i what i've noticed is um uh i guess like we've almost been involved in a few like a a few projects to help record and 
record language, like just to help people with the kind of technical side of it. Like, like yeah. we run the whole thing and we'll just stand back and just grab whatever you need us to grab. Um, but what, and I, I don't know, like there's a lot of places that I haven't seen, but what I've found um, a few times is there's definitely like that drive to, to know more language and to do more in language, but it's always been a bit of a, a struggle with the people who've wanted to do it to have the grasp on it, that they feel comfortable with using it. hundred percent um, or pronunciation yeah. and the meanings yeah. and yeah. Cause I guess singing language isn't that common these days. So if you're going to do it, you've got to do it right. Um, uh, which can be a pressure, which can be, pressure being an Aboriginal person and having that, I feel. Yeah. It's, it was almost like the weight of a culture on your shoulders for a second. That's what like, it's like. Yeah. To, to be yeah. like, to, to have that response, you're like preserving or speaking for a whole, a whole people like that. That would be, mm. I'd be, that'd be incredibly nerve wracking. Right. Oh my gosh. Incredibly. Did you see, um, a while back JK 47's, uh, triple J remix? It was Tupac's changes. Yeah, you have to listen to Wait, it. It's I'm, crazy. I'm not going to play it now because we're on the um, thing, but I'm just going to keep it up. Oh, oh, yeah, I've got it first thing. It's wild. It popped up. Mad. Yeah, and he starts singing in language. Um, he was meant to have another bloke sing the song, like that first part for him, but then um, the bloke got sick, so he had to do it. Anyway, it's pretty powerful. And like having doing that on such a, just for example, it's not, I don't think it actually was this language. It could be um, wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Bundjalung. Um, but yeah, just having that pressure even of being like, I have to get this right because I'm on a, like a national stage almost, or just people It'd are going to hear this and yeah. The pressure would be, yeah. I look, I, I don't know what the pressure would be like, but I can imagine it would be pretty immense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So obviously I've done a podcast with Kobe D. I'm a big fan of his music. Love him. Can you kind of just, we actually, I didn't actually know that you had worked with Kobe <laughs> until I had spoken to you the other day. So can you just give a brief description of like how that kind of came about and what's come from it? Yeah. So, um, we used to run a, uh, just a drop-in workshop. Anyone could come at a community at the community center in the middle of the block in Redfern. Um, so like, you know, and I don't know how he and his mates heard about it because they were out at, and if you, I don't know if you like, they're out at Mar past Maroubra, which is, he used to tell me, he only told me this the other day, which is crazy. Like he used to take them an hour. I think a bit of like, it's not that far, but he used to take them a bit over an hour on the bus and he used to skip school early. And <laughs> they found out about this workshop somehow. I don't know how they found out. And him and two of his mates used to just come in every Monday to record. And I think he was 13 at the wow. time. It was 2012 or 2013 when we were doing it. So yeah, him and his mates used just to come in and record. And they were kind of like the first people we had, like we still run that session, even though it's down the road now because of COVID. Um, yeah. They were one of the first groups to come in and we don't know how, like most people that come to our like drop-in things are people we've met at other workshops that want to, you know, continue with their music or someone refers them to us or, or whatever, but they mm -hmm. just, they just turned up. So we, I've got, I've got, I've got to find some of the old songs. I've got a few of them, but I wouldn't embarrass Kobe. Oh my God. No, I, <laughs> so funny. I found one of his clips from when he, he must've been like 10 or maybe a little bit older um, on YouTube. And he was doing a rap battle with his cousin. And he's like, Epic. he said he's tried to delete it so many times that it won't delete. And then randomly I found his um old Instagram. Kobe, if you ever listen to this, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a, his old Instagram from when he was like 13 or 14 and I'm just like shamed of, but it's so good looking <laughs> back on, um, these, like those raps and everything. He would, he would oh, love so it. You should, if you ever find them, I'd love I'll to ask him. him. Well, he's <laughs> one of the guys that like, you know, when, when the early days, like people outgrow us and that's kind of awesome that they outgrow us. You know what I mean? Like they come to us, they get yep. a chance. And then when they, you know, they, they, when they start, doing a bit more than they can't, you know, they kind of move on. And we had, at the time we had a lot of, lots of people that worked for us that were very involved in, in the industry. Like, I don't know if you know, Shantan, Wantan Ichiban, he worked for us. So he helped Kobe with a whole bunch of stuff. And, um, so we, you know, we lost contact for a lot of years. Um, 
Uh, but then like the last few years because of weave, we talked about weave. It's an awesome mm-hmm. organization that works in Sydney just to help people with everything they need help with, um, indigenous crew with everything. Like if, where, I think they helped Kobe get his driver's license actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do remember him doing like a performance or something with them not too long ago. Yeah. Not with them, but for, yeah. For them. Yeah. We've been in contact with them. We've always been in contact with them a lot more. So I started, you know, Kobe and I, started chatting a lot again and it's kind of like it's almost like it's come full circle in a way because he's one of the first people i ever recorded at my job in in sydney and then that the would other just day, be amazing for you to see that though like like you were saying before with those young girls who grow up you've seen this young boy 13 come in and record some stuff maybe after school with his friends so then now being as successful as he is or you know oh, and on so many levels um mm-hmm. it's funny when i first like when I was just this young dude going, yeah, we're doing this cool music thing. We're going to find some, some star, you know, it's going to be awesah and like yeah. star or whatever. And, you know, and then you quickly realize that like, oh, wow, there's so much other stuff that you can do with arts. That's not about making a star. That's like really, really awesome. So it's, so you go, oh yeah, no, no, we're here to do, you know, this, this, this and that and give people a voice and whatever. Um, you know, that's what we do. And like, that's cool. And then like now that it's like this come a bit around, it's like, oh, wait a second. Maybe we can like, you know, like make people like stars again. Like, like it's not what I'm trying to do at work when I go to work, like make stars, but it's also kind of like a cool thing because you see what comes from someone's success. And it's not just about them headlining a, a gig or making some cash. It's like the whole thing that comes with it, you know, mm-hmm. like then his mates are inspired and they might not be amazing rappers, but they do other things. And it's all like, it's like, wow. It's a now, ripple effect. Yeah. It's a ripple. That would have been a way quicker way to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, Kobe that's and that awesome. whole. Yeah. Um, the real surreal thing with Kobe is what recently with Kobe is like, like we've always been in contact a little bit, but much more recently. Cause you know, he was, we were always going to try and get him to do workshops for us. And it was always about it. Like, like, um, you know, just a kind of side job for him. Um, but recently, I had a child, right? And uh, it was funny that Kobe. Congratulations! Thank you. You can see all the stuff behind me. See all yes, the-, the baby nappies. I can see them. Yeah, the cot. <laughs> one of the girls from one of the workshops, and um, yeah, oh, um, that's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's super cute. Um, and there's the inspiration up here. We've got Dan Sultan over there. That's the mm-hmm. child's inspiration. Lovely, um, lovely. Um, it, we recently we like, kind of connected a bit more because he like sent me some stuff like, oh man, I've read this book. You know, like when he found out that because you know he's he's a kid. He's, yeah. And he's like, and we started talking. So it was surreal to start talking with Kobe about like parenting. It was like, yeah, wow, wow. like just think about all the things that have happened over the last how many years. And now we're talking to each other about parenting, which is pretty wild. Yeah, it is wild. Mm. That's crazy. So heaps decent has, where did the name come from? Um, so that because seems was, like such a young slang, like, you know, like, oh, that's, yeah, that's heaps decent. That's, well, that's, yeah, that's half of it. The other thing was because I guess Diplo was around at the start a little bit, mm-hmm. um, he has that record label called Mad Decent. Oh, okay, so yeah. it's like, how do you make Mad like Decent a, yeah. more like Aussie slang and like you put heaps. heaps in front of it? And it was, that's that simple, but I love that's the name. That's literally spot on. It's, yeah, it's just so simple, but it kind of makes lots of sense. Yeah, no, it does. And especially like in the youth space you've got to hold that space for them. That's relevant in connecting with them, even with words. Like, mm. why do we want to go to this program? Oh yeah. It's heaps decent. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. yeah. It's not trying to be too clever or too smart or change the world. You know, it's just it's heaps decent. It's simple. So where do you see heaps decent going from now? Like what is the plan? Not the plan, but where can you see you guys evolving in the future? I, I hope we will evolve like me and the CEO, um, mm-hmm. Nerida Woods, who's the best. Is this your, is this your job? Like your full-time job? No, it's my part-time job. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, bit, yeah. Part-time job. Um, mm-hmm. well, heaps isn't weirdly was something for us to do as a job outside of DJing for a while. Like we were all like DJs, music people. And we're like, this is a daytime job. But, um, mm-hmm. I think, what like for the first time ever we've actually hired hired someone we actually ran interviews and hired someone to help us with um fundraising and things like that because we've always been always been like a stray council always always been we've never really had much private philanthropist philanthropy philanthropist money or anything like that so we've recently hired someone to help us with that and what i hope like i i'm a, like i'm a little bit older now and i don't ever want to 
I don't want to ever quit heaps decent. I hope I can stay here forever, but there's not, there's only like, there's only, there's only three of us really that are, that are all the time at heaps decent. There's lots of people that get hired or facilitated a part of it. So hopefully the goal is now to cement its future. Um, like if I was to quit or if I had to, unfortunately had to stop working or our, our CEO and had to stop, it would really be a big, a big issue. Um, yeah. to, to keep things going. Like we, like I said, we run on three people. Sure. We bring in heaps that's of artists to do work. Yeah. That's not many people No, to do all that work. Like we pretty much have our, our CEO, she does all the grant writing. She does the logistics. She, I think her, wow. her daughter, Bella Woods, um, maybe does one or two days a week to help with like website stuff and socials, even though, yeah. Um, and, and then, and then I see he's only three days a week and she has to organize a trip. She has to get us money. She has to do, like, she has to do, um, so much. So the goal is, and if she was to leave, it would, it would be terrible, you know? Um, so now mm-hmm. hopefully the future is getting, uh, I guess more, more funding from, uh, people that we haven't got funding from before, you know, private funding. So we can get kind of a more secure base of people and staff. Um, just to, to make sure that once, if we do, or if I do go, um, there's people there to, to, to take it up. Um, that's so getting more of a secure funding position. So it's just, yes. Not, yeah. And okay. having more regular staff that you can pay properly to, 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 mm-hmm. to have more young people like work for us. Like that was one of well, the things I was going to say. Yeah. You've always wanted Kobe to work for us. And Kobe said he always would, but it's, we're always just like year to year. We're just like, do we even have enough money to keep me employed? So-and-so employed. So we couldn't really like go, Hey, Kobe, like we're, we're going to, not that Kobe's ever asked for money, but I'm just using as an example. <laughs> like we can keep you on a wage so we can get you when we need you. You know, we could yeah. never, you never really had the chance. Oh, we can have staff that are there that can, that don't have to go DJ, do something else and just keep them around and pay them um, so they can do it. And like, say I've offered young people work. We've offered the young people works here, but we, we give them four weeks of a workshop and they're like, I can't do that because I have to hold down my job here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Cause I have a family like, you know, young people with families. And so that would be, that's kind of, the goal, well, for me, that's what I'm thinking. The goal is um, at the moment just to get it secure and get young people into work and get more people into work and secure our, our, our future. I guess it's it's not even really about expanding. It's just making sure we can keep keep doing it because you do something for 12 years and you make so much, you make so much, or 14 years now, you make so much ground on something. Like you can't, time is something that you can't It's your baby. Buy. Yeah. Like, well, it's just like, like I've seen people grow up and now mm-hmm. you earn trust. And it's like, you, you can't. So it'd be such a shame if, you know, all those years of building rapport and meeting people and making friends and making would, would, would go, would just go away because I had to get a new job or something like that. So um, yeah, 100%. that's what I, that's I'll what I you, hope for it. I'll talk to you after the podcast about something I may have in mind um, mm. about funding actually. But yeah, do you know anywhere in Melbourne that is kind of like heaps decent? Because originally I thought you guys were in Victoria for some reason. Um, just thought you were. But is is there any other programs that you know of in Victoria that would be useful? Not in terms of music and art creation. Sadly, n- no. I don't know about little little like I'm sure there's like lots of little community community projects. You know, like where like that are based around certain communities or certain areas. But as as far as like someone like us, where we go to people, I guess, uh, or go where yeah. we have to, not, not that I know of, I'm still like, like we've been asked sometimes to go to other States, um, because we can travel and we can do things. We don't have to be, um, we don't have to be a random music shooter. We can work anywhere. Um, uh, so unfortunately not that I know of, but I guess that doesn't wow, mean it doesn't yeah. exist. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I guess, you know, I know New South Wales and the only thing we really do with actually with Melbourne is our uh, sin radio. We send songs to them all the time. They're awesome. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah, we send them one song a week to play on to play on the radio, which is really and cool. And that's a young person that's written or produced that song, or is that you guys? Oh, or? just any artist we've worked with. Like we do one on FBI radio, and we do see we give like every week we have like we play a song of something we've made with someone like that week. We also do that with Sin as well, which they hit up us about, which was really awesome actually. So legend. That is really awesome. It's good when you find other community programs or radio stations or organisations that are willing to support um, and empower these young people as well. It's really, oh yeah, it's really like, positive. and kind of like, 
they, I find that younger people at the moment, in, sorry, that's a big generalization, but younger people are so much more switched on to what's going on than people, you know, like young people are the ones that are getting the new information and they're learning more and they're learning more about everything. hundred so. percent. Young people are the future. Well, they always will mm. be the future growing and growing. And that's why um, on Mob Talk, I'm wanting to promote more young people and get their voices heard because they're the ones that really matter and the things that are happening now are going to affect them. Yep. And me, I'm young, I'm still young. So it's going to affect <laughs> me too, but I guess it's like having a platform or a space where young people can come and use their voice, which yeah. I'm really excited for you to be able to um, facilitate one of the heaps decent, is it young or hopefully um, young guns original? Is that what it is? It was oh, that what they yeah. are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be epic. I've seen, um, is it, is it two guys, two young boys? So it's, um, we actually met them through Weave, which is super cool. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's three, three young guys, all different three, ages. Okay. Um, one guy's 16. That's uh, Arthur, Little Arts. <laughs> See how their rap names. Ken, I doesn't have a rap name yet. Wait, he's a Little Arts. Like Little Arts is one of them. He's the, he's the best. Yeah. He's actually kind of mates with Kobe. He's done a few gigs with Kobe. Kobe, I think, is taking him under his wing a bit. Yeah. And then there's a, another guy called um, Charlie Ochaza. Um, there's three guys and it's only they've only been at it for like, not that long. Like I'm sure they've been writing their raps in the, at, you know, but not as a group. Um, yeah. So it's through them and they're working real hard and it's awesome to see. Yeah. I saw them on socials when the block party was going on and I was like, who are these young boys? Like, it's so awesome to see young people promoting, like, uh, performing and stuff, even though it, it might not be as, um, refined as say like Kobe mm. or a, a bigger artist, but, it's them getting out there and then giving it a go. And that's really powerful. Yeah. And they, are, they, they, you know, they have just as much to say, right? Like, like mm-hmm, one, of them, one of them, one of them 16, like that's wow. young to be up on stage. Um, and like the other, one of the other guys, um, Ken, who I think you might be speaking to in a couple of weeks, um, Ooh. is wise beyond, he's like 18, but you know, he's, they're all from the Waterloo area or they're from, um, some of them are from, uh, country as well, but they're often the yeah. Waterloo area. And if you know anything about Sydney, it's probably one of the most negatively notorious housing commission areas that and Woolloomooloo in, in Sydney, but, um, they're all from that area. So like they, they know what's going on and they're mm-hmm. old and they know, then they, they know how to tell it cause they're older. And now, now they are. And it's, it's the first time we've ever actually weirdly worked with people from from that area. So that's why it's kind of exciting to get them out there and just mm-hmm. like get their voice heard, what they know, like what they've mm-hmm. seen or what, what they've experienced. And it's a different type of emotional intelligence too. I was having this conversation with um, another worker the other day about uh, my sisters, for example, who are 11 or 12, I think. Um, and the innocence that they still have compared to other 12 year olds that we work with that just have a completely different outlook on life who, talk a different way, act a different way because of the things they've seen. So you've got people, youth, putting all of that and challenging, channeling that into music and you can just, yeah, it just comes out. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. It's pretty real, isn't it? (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Um, There was one more thing I wanted to ask you. I just can't remember right now. Mm. Well, thanks, Adam, for coming on today. It's been awesome. Oh, actually, no. I don't know too much about the kid, the kid Leroy, but I knew he grew up in Sydney. Do you like? Do you know anything about that situation or how that kind of uh, came about? I've been told so many stories about this um, because those young guns guys, like they know, they know Leroy. Like I'm pretty sure one of them still chats to him regularly. True. Um, yeah. Look, this, this, like, I, this, like, the story about how that all happened is still very unclear to me, and I, I hear a lot of stories about it. Like, my, one of one of the people that helps out at heaps decent, she had him on his show like three years ago on this little radio station and stuff like that. And I, and I, I look, all I know he, as far as I know, he was from Burke, I think. Like, if you don't know New South Wales, Burke is pretty far out there, mining town. Um, mm-hmm. 
and he moved to the Waterloo area. And my understanding is, and I might not have a good understanding of this, but is that his mother was already quite involved in the music scene somewhat. Um, and that's all I've heard. And I've been told about this so many times and it still seems like no one can like put the pieces together and tell me, oh well, yeah, yeah. this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. And all of a sudden he's in America being one of the biggest rappers in the world. It just well, yeah, seems- cause I was watching a, um, the reason I asked that is because I've been, I didn't actually know he was Aboriginal till like probably a month ago. And someone told me and I was like, what do you mean? He's not, he's not Aboriginal. He's just like released a song with Miley Cyrus. That's just wild. Like, an Aboriginal person has like just it's just wild to think that as an Aboriginal person that has just happened and then mm. um they were like oh no he is he's Kim Milleroy that's why his name's the Kid Leroy and um I was watching a video on him and it had uh, it would have been him from I reckon like six years ago with um it must have been some music producers or something walking around Sydney like the get oh, they call it the ghetto that. of Sydney yeah. <laughs> And then you have all well, the that's, young. Um, that's the yeah, area that the, the young guns guys are from. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, "This is this is the ghetto of um, Sydney," and they're like, "Oh, it's just really funny." That's how I was. If you actually, um, if you've yeah. seen that one four, you know, one four did a song with him. You've actually seen that one four video too. Some of the young guns boys are actually in that video as well. Oh, true. It's so good uh, to see though. It's still such a it's still such a, a mystery, and like the kids always, yeah, I know the Roy. This is what happened. And I'm like, oh, okay, and I'm like, still, even though they've told me so many times, I still. Can't put the pieces. I know, Leroy. They would be, everyone would be claiming that too. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll be like they've met him once or they've like seen him on the street or like heard of him. It's like, oh, that's my brother boy. Like, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. We've hung out. And I'm like, (laughs) I was listening to this, um, this, this, I was, I was listening to a podcast every day. Um, anyway, (laughs) everyone leads in with that. And they met, this guy made a really good point. So the guy, and it was at a 7 a.m. podcast, anyway. The guest on there was saying it's wild that you can look at the newspaper and see Delta Goodrum on the front of it every so-and-so months. But then there's this guy from Waterloo. It's like Sydney, the heart of Sydney. You know what I mean? Who's currently on the biggest shows in the world right now and no one talks about him. It's it's, weird, isn't it? That's what I didn't know. I was like, he's Australian and he's Aboriginal and he's come from the ghetto i'm putting that in quotation marks because that's mm. what he described it of as of sydney and he's gone from that to being one of the biggest like young rappers in the world at the moment how, how does no one know about this like, i don't know it's it's it's, 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 it's insane like he was on <laughs> the most you know he was on that elon musk saturday night live thing that was the most talked about probably tv show of the year and he was on that show and it didn't nothing turned up about it and i was like then not sorry, nothing against Delta Goodrum, but you know, I mean, it just seems, it yeah. just seems wild. Like nothing against Delta Goodrum. He <laughs> he won an aria or some type of award, and it was the youngest person. I don't know. It was some some award. I don't want to say because I'll probably be wrong. Um, and the guy on Channel Seven was asking him about it over like a Zoom con con conference or whatever, mm. and um, he was like, "Oh, have you you won the award over Delta Goodrum? She's old and haggard." And then Laura was like, "Oh." Uh, don't really want to comment on that. <laughs> yeah. What, then the guy, yeah, it was just really weird, but yeah, it's crazy. He's doing amazing things. And I guess, um, I guess for those Sydney boys and the, that Sydney youth, that's a massive inspiration to them to be like, all right, well, we were hanging out with this bloke and now he's in America yeah. making music. We can do that. And it still seems like, you know, he, like he's still, he, they, they tell me he still chat, like they still chat. Like, mm-hmm. so it seems like, they they tell me a lot of things and I I, I I trust them, but yeah they they still they still chat like like you saw the did you see the Instagram thing where he shared their yeah. Instagram yeah like yeah so it's pretty mad that they they you know I can imagine being thrown into a world like that would be so different and you'd lose so much perspective oh. of everything that happens in the world like yeah like all of a sudden you've got all these people just like kissing your butt nonstop and you could very quickly lose perspective right so it's mad that they still chat so yeah and um he was saying i read something about uh the kid lavori saying that he wants one of his aims was when going into the music industry to show the world that australia has got some serious talent so for him to share the instagram that's like a step you know for yep. him having a platform like that showing off you know blackfellas from sydney that's wild yeah, it's supporting so the community. Awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks, Adam, for coming on today. It's been real. 
Um, it's been great having you chat to me about Heaps Decent and I love your programs. I have a massive passion for Thank you. Um, making young people kind of, I guess, giving them a voice and doing that through media and uh, music. So it's been really awesome to talk to you about that. And I'm super excited to see who you bring on in the next coming weeks. Oh, you will. Talkers of youth about their music. <laughs> Mate, there's probably going to be a line after the first guy comes on. You'll be like, no, no. I love it. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I'd love to. Um, I want to come to Sydney soon when we can. Eventually we're going to start. Well, hopefully um, this is my plan. This is my vision for Mob mm. Talk. Go to different states and actually have podcast interviews with young people and people. So I'd love to come down to one of your sessions one time. Come in uh, Sydney uh, and yeah. I'll make sure that it's on. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today and for everyone listening in Mob Talk. I hope you've enjoyed the episode and stay safe. Thanks. Pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on Mob Talk this week. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and don't forget to chuck us a follow on Instagram. And we'll see you all for another yarn soon.